we uh, we do need to take care of that and and uh, of course invite everybody to come to our fellowship meeting on the, uh, this will be May the third yeah fellowship meeting May the third so remember that Saturday May the third okay open your Bibles to the book of Joshua chapter twenty four. Joshua 24, and we'll read verses 14 through 25. Joshua 24, verses 14 through 25. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we ask that thou be with us as we look into thy word. Speak to us and teach us the things that we need to know. And lead, guide, and direct us. We ask that thou guide us that we'll grow as, as a church physically and spiritually and that we'll be the witness that we ought to be for it's in Jesus name we pray amen Joshua 24 verses 14 through 25 now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, and which did these, those great signs in our sight, and preserved us in all the way wherein we went, and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwelt in the land. Therefore will we also serve the Lord, for he is our God. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye cannot serve the Lord, for he's an holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If ye forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt, and consume you after that he hath done you good. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, Your witnesses against yourselves, that ye have chosen you the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God will we serve, and his voice will we obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day, and set them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. Now along with this, open to the book of Matthew, Chapter 22, Matthew chapter 22, 
and verses 15 through 22. Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true, and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness, and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny. He saith unto them, Whose is this image and superscription? They say unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. When they had heard these words, they marveled, and left him, and went their way. My message today is on the subject of values where they belong. Values where they belong. In verse 15 of Joshua 24 that we read a moment ago, it says, In Joshua, sorry, and it seemed. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Over in the book of Matthew, uh, we read verses in chapter 22, we read verses uh, 15 through 22. I want you to look at verse 21. They say unto him, Caesar's, when Jesus asked whose image was on the money. And uh, he then saith he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. My subject, as I said, is values where they belong. Values where they belong. The people said, "Why, uh, why uh, give tribute to Caesar?" And he said, "Whose picture's on it?" And they said, "Caesar's." And he said, "Well, give unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God." In other words, values where they belong. What what's the the things that we need to think about and remember and um, and then in verses 21 and 22 of Joshua again we read this and the people said unto Joshua nay but we will serve the Lord Joshua said unto the people ye are witnesses against yourselves that ye have chosen you the, the Lord to serve him and they said, we are witnesses. We are witnesses. It says, you are witnesses against yourselves. In these two passages, 
It's telling you that worldly things belong to the world. Spiritual things belong to God. And since we have been made a child of God, a spiritual uh, child of God, then the values that we must hold to must be values that belong to God. Um, the um, the people said, you know, that they um, well, he was saying to them, you you haven't served the Lord. You claim to be children of God, and he said, choose you this day whom you will serve whether the gods of which were your father served were on the other side of the flood or the gods the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Then he said plainly, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We were talking about that a little bit before services and says something along that line. There's one, there's one thing that's I've always made clear in my home that if anybody stayed in my home, they do things the way I way I allow, not the way they want. The things that they do, they do only what I allow in the house. And it's been that way all along, and we've never changed. The um, There are things that um, people might want to do, but they can't do, not in my house. That's what it's saying here. How often do we fail uh, to render unto God the things that are God's? God allowed us to have a home. And we then are responsible to make sure that home is a home that even where we live is a home that gives glory to God in what goes on in there. So we need to keep things like that in mind. We, um, when we read passages like what we read in Joshua, uh, it, uh, he's saying, in, and in uh, Matthew, that um, the emphasis oftentimes is made on paying taxes and uh, or being obedient to the laws of the land. As a child of God, we are responsible to be obedient to the laws of the land. We're responsible to to abide by the laws of where we live. Paul said in the book of Romans chapter 13, Romans chapter 13, And um, verses 1 through 8. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. In other words, the people that are running the countries are allowed to be there by the, uh, by the uh, grace of God. And whosoever therefore resisteth the power, the laws of the land, resisteth the ordinance of God. For they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. 
For rulers are not a terror to good work, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. Um, for he is a minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is a minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore you must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For this cause pay ye tribute also, for they that are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe no man anything, but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. We render tribute to those where tribute is due. And we try to make sure we do that very thing. But the question is, how often do we fail to render unto God the things that are God's? Our lives, our possessions, and anything and everything we have is by the grace of God. And we should give, we should let what we have give glory to God in how we, how we uh, use it and what we do in it. But I want us to look at some things that um, people don't always give the value of, in things that the Bible teaches, don't always give the value where they belong. The first thing that I want to think about in this message is creation. Creation. Turn to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, I don't think that this verse is that difficult to understand. There's not any big words in there that we might have to look in a dictionary to find the meaning. I think it's pretty plain. In the beginning. Beginning of what? Beginning of the world, a beginning of time, beginning of life. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. There's, we don't need a Bible dictionary or a concordance to understand the words that this, that this verse has in it. In the beginning. What's before the beginning? Nothing. In the beginning, the beginning of time, God. Who? God. Not man. Nothing else. God created the heaven and the earth. And then you start reading all the next verses. It talks about everything that God created. Never created anything without first having created whatever that next thing that was going to be created would need to exist. If you look at the order of creation, 
He never created any life until he had made sure he had created everything that that life needed in order to be able to live, to, to abide. Most people say that uh, life began uh, as a sort of an evolution. And then when someone said, no, the Bible says God created it, he, then they, they come up with the idea uh, God creates, created a one-cell being, and then it evolved to do the rest. That's not what God said. It says, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Over in the book of Colossians, chapter 1. Colossians, chapter 1, and verses 16 and 17. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Now again, the, the words that are used in these two verses are not words that are that difficult to understand. They're very clear, very plain. By him, by him, by God were all things, not some things, all things. What does all include? Everything. By him were all things created, things that are in heaven or in earth, visible or invisible, whether thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things. Not he was before all things. He is, always has been, always will be, before all things. And by him, all things consist. Now that, that can't be any plainer. No matter how we might try to word it, it can't be any plainer. John says in John chapter 1 and verse 3, John chapter 1 and verse 3, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. God created all things. The world, before he created anything uh, that, um, that required something to exist, he created that, that that was needed for it to exist. He created the world, he formed water and land. We need the land to grow the food, we need the water to drink, and before God ever created any living creature, he already had created everything that that creature needed to exist. 
When he created man, he'd already created the earth and the land and the water and everything that was needed to exist. God created all things and created everything so that it would be there to supply whatever the rest of creation needed. He provided it all in creation. He didn't create man before he created the world. He didn't create land until he created the earth, the world, shall we say. He created the world with all the land and water. Then he created land and water. He created everything that was needed for everything that was created. Nothing was created until there was that which it would need to continue to exist. When he created man, there was animals and plant life. All was there for man to live off of. So when we think about uh, creation, we remember that God created everything and created it for the existence of the rest of his creation. Then we think about the Bible. The Bible. We're not looking at anything in any different uh, in order or anything like that. I'm just talking about things that we have. The Bible. When you read the Bible, how many times have we said, and I have, and, and everybody else has, when you're reading, say, for instance, um, over in... Uh, now let's let's just see. Say first first Corinthians. We read there a while ago. Um, or rather Colossians. In Colossians. Who wrote who wrote the book of Colossians? Well, what do we say? We say Paul when he wrote to the saints at Colossae. I've said that many times, which I should not say. Paul was the the um, uh, the one that wrote the book, but only under the inspiration of God. So while it says that the, that the, in the introduction, if you have an introduction in your Bible, Paul is the author of Colossians, written about A.D. sixty-one. Well. That's not true. Remember that when you're reading the Bible, the 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 uh, the comments that are made in the uh, center reference or along the sides, or at the, as an introduction, is not that which was inspired. Paul is the writer of Colossians. God is the author. And God gave Paul the words to say. And Paul, Paul wrote the book uh, of uh, Colossians to the saints at Colossae um, for 
instructions. But all the books of the Bible, while they were uh, written by man in the sense that they, they penned it on paper or whatever they, parchment or whatever they penned it on, but they did it under the leadership of God. God inspired them what to say. So when we say something, and, uh, and like I said, I say many times, Paul wrote that, for instance, the book of Colossians. Well, that's not exactly the way we should say it. And uh, uh, David wrote something, and, and on and on. But what we should say is that Paul was the instrument that God used in writing those things. Or um, uh, David was the instrument that God used in writing the books that he wrote. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 16 and 17, all scripture... All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Now, did this say some scripture? It says all scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. In 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, and uh, verses 19 through 21, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. No prophecy is uh, by the will of man or of any private interpretation. It's by the will of God. Men spoke as God gave them direction to speak. So the Bible, the Bible was printed by man. The Bible that we have here was printed by man. But the words that are included in the Bible, the words that are in the Bible, was inspired by God. God directed it. They wrote only what God would have them to say. No man put in what he thought about it. 
he wrote what God gave him to say. The Bible is God's word, not men's interpretation, but God's word. Salvation. Salvation. The world says you earn it. You earn it. I just heard a man on Fox News just not long ago said it depends on uh, what you do, whether you get to heaven or not. How you work for God or not. And all that. No, it doesn't. Salvation is not by man. The world says we earn our salvation. Or we do part and God does part. Does the rest. We have to decide to believe. And God accepts our belief. And on and on and on. No part of our salvation is what I did. No part of my salvation is is not what I did or what I decided to do. It's all by the grace of God. He used his word and the spirit of God gave me the desire and the ability to believe it. And we're saved by the grace of God and not by our efforts. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. The faith not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I've heard many people that get up and say, I decided to trust in God. No. Only by the grace of God did I decide to trust in God. He gave me the desire to believe. He gave me the ability to believe. And he gave me salvation in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 13 and 14 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 13 and 14 But we are bound to give thanks all way to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who called us? He did. He did. He chose the means and the way, and he gave us the ability to partake of it, to hear it, to believe it, 
and to to uh, trust. First, um, Luke chapter uh, nineteen. Luke chapter nineteen and verse ten. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. He didn't come to be to to be the way of salvation and then it was up to us to decide to accept it. He came to seek and to save that which was lost his people love the flesh says love money love power love position love prestige but Mark chapter uh, 12 Mark chapter 12 verses 38 through 40 says this And he said unto them in his doctrine, Beware the scribes, which love to go in long clothing, love salutations in the marketplaces, and the chief seats in the synagogues, and the uppermost rooms at feasts, which devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. These shall receive greater damnation. Again, look at Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22 and verses 37 through 40. Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Love God. Love your neighbor like yourself. Love God. Love your neighbors like yourself. The book of Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 2. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7. 1 Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. You know, you cannot have the proper kind of love for anything without, without the love of God in your life, in your heart. Because love is of God, the right kind of love. What the world calls love too often could have been and should have been spelled L-U-S-T, lust, not love. Love is different. 
Love is by the grace of God. God is love. Ourselves. Ourselves. What kind of value do we have on ourselves, on our body? You know, we hear people say oftentimes, my body belongs to me. If I do anything, I don't hurt anybody but myself, and so on and so forth. Let's see what the Bible says. In the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 7, and verse 23. You are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. You are bought with a price. You're a child of God. You're bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. In Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God your body is not your own you're bought with a price our service to God I remember uh, when I was uh, saved all that someone said to me well don't let it's okay to go to church on Sunday but don't let it ruin your Saturday nights now their implication was as many people used to say I, I don't know whether they still say it or not I haven't heard it but they used to say Saturday night belongs to the devil and Sunday belongs to the Lord well that's not true but people used it that way and that was, that was more or less the idea of what, what they said to me they said don't, don't it's okay to be religious but don't let it hamper your personal or social life in other words, go out and get drunk on Saturday, but go to church on Sunday. That's the idea that they were saying. Matthew chapter 6 says this. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. You can't be worldly one day and, and um, uh, godly another day. You either love one or you, and hate the other. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and 
verse 17 says this. Chapter 3, verse 17. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. And then look down at verses 23 and 24. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Then in First Chronicles chapter 28. First Chronicles chapter 28 and verse 9. And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts, and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. Chapter 29 and verse 5 of First Chronicles. He says, the gold for things of gold, the silver for things of silver, for all manner work to be made by the hands of artificers, and who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? Who's willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? Finally, the church. The world says, join the church of your choice. God doesn't say that. The world says that. In Matthew chapter 3 and verse 15, Matthew chapter 3 and verse 15, it says here, Jesus answering said unto them, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness, then he suffered him. What was it they allowed him to do? To be baptized. Because we're baptized by the grace of God, according to the commandment of God, baptism was given by God to John the Baptist to prepare the material for the Lord's church. And one must be baptized into the Lord's church. We transfer letters, but only because only if they've been baptized into the Lord's church. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 24 through 27, Therefore the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church, gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. The church should be holy without blemish. Who makes up the church? The members. So if the members are not living a holy life, if they're not doing the things that they ought to do, they're not living as they should, then they 
have a spot, spot on the perfect body of Christ. If you're a member of the church and you're not serving God like you should, you are a spot. We are to present. We are to, to be that which we ought to be to be a member of the Lord's church. Just some thoughts to think about in our life. Shall we stand to be dismissed? Yes.